Welcome to the Salem Fields Community Church Podcast of the Weekly Message. We hope that you find this podcast personally helpful, and we also encourage you to share the subscription link found at salemfields.com podcast with your friends that might be able to use some practical advice and encouragement. Well, we're going to finish up our series today on conflict. We talked the first week about dating, the second week about the vows that we make, the third week about the physical sexual relationships, sexuality, and all of that. Talked about that last week. Today, we're going to talk about conflict, and we're going to end up our series with conflict. So if you look at Webster's and you look up the the definition, what would you say the definition of conflict is? Just shout it out. Disagreements, strong disagreements, uh, fighting, right? Battles. Uh, the first definition that I ran across that really seemed to fit, it, it's a, strong, a struggle for power. Usually when we're in conflict, there is somebody that wants to be top dog, somebody that wants to win that argument. And it's a struggle for power. Who's the most powerful here? Who has the most right answers? And we get into that whole thing, and I always see people kind of giggling with each other because you, <laughs> I see couples looking at each other because there's always someone in our life that we can be in conflict with. It might be a coworker, it might be a child, but think about it. Uh, conflict is everywhere. My last missions trip was to Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, we walked on Independence Square. You've seen Kiev in the news recently, and. And when we went there, we walked in this gorgeous, beautiful Independence Square. I've got personal pictures of what you see on TV. It looks very different now. Uh, but there were beautiful flowers and fountains, and this place was just absolutely gorgeous. And I just saw a before and after picture now at Kiev uh, with all the turmoil there, and it was completely burned out and black. Well, what's happening there is there's this power struggle between the government and the people. It's a power struggle. Who's going to win? There's a lot of conflict there. And then I was uh, preparing my message and up on the AOL opener said the top 10 uh, most dangerous cities in our country. There's conflict all throughout our country. What do you think the number one top most dangerous city in our country is? I haven't heard it yet. Maybe somebody said it. Nope. You know, it was like second service, everybody, boom, they got it. Detroit. Did anybody say Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, and you know what? L.A. and D.C. weren't even ranked. And, and that tells you a little bit about how much conflict and how much turmoil there are, is in our country. You know what the number two is? It's on the, on the West Coast. Anybody guess? Oakland is Oakland. And number three is in the Midwest. Anybody? You would think, but it, it wasn't even there. Atlanta was like number eight. Um, St. Louis. Yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, our cities are just filled with turmoil. There's so much conflict everywhere. Even in our homes, there's a lot of conflict. We've got husbands and wives fighting. We've got parents and children fighting. We've got siblings. You know, it's even kind of fun to watch Gracie and Jackson, eight and 10 years old, in their conflict. Because they're just like one up in each other. Uh-uh, uh-huh, yeah, no. It's really, you know, I'm the grandparent. I get to laugh at it. <laughs> but the parents, I'm sorry. But uh, it's, you know, conflict is everywhere. It is inevitable. It is not going to go away. 
And doesn't it seem really negative? Conflict, just in our thinking, the first thing that we think about, whether we're thinking about cities and all the crime that's going on there, or in Kiev and all the crime that's going on there, or even like the arguments that you hear in your homes, it just, it just seems so negative. Yet disagreements can actually be a very good thing if we have the right attitude and the proper focus. In fact, if we call ourselves a Christ follower, and most likely you were drawn here today because you're interested in Christ, you're interested in this spiritual thing. If we call ourselves a Christ follower, the Bible tells us that conflict by God's design can be a powerful tool that can actually build relationships up. Imagine that. It doesn't have to go the way that the world is doing it. In fact, we're called to a different standard and to do it something very different. It can actually lead to more fulfilling relationships. Do you realize that in any relationship that conflict can actually help you grow? It can help you become a better person. And that's the way of Christ. That's God's design. And that's what we have to take a look at. We have to decide, are we going to be a restorer or are we going to be a destroyer? Are we going to tear down? Are we going to continue to play battleship, destroy or whatever it is? Or or are we going to be the kind of person that does it another way and God lays it out for us? Look at this cute little uh, cartoon here. Lucy and and Snoopy, she says, there are times when you really bug me, but I must admit, there are also times when I feel like giving you a hug. And he says, well, that's the way I am, huggable and buggable. (laughs) Now, isn't that that the way our relationships go? We, We really want this other person, but boy, can they annoy us. You know, the closer we get to someone, they can just really touch on something inside of us and press that button inside of us that can just send us off. So imagine like two porcupines that are in a relationship and they're like moving up. They're in the cold, cold upper Canada and they just, they they see each other, they like each other and they move closer to each other. But as soon as they get closer to each other, they start you know, those quills, they start sticking each other and irritating each other and hurting each other. And so they scoot apart and then there they are again, all alone in the cold, cold weather. And so they say, okay, let's get back together and only to hurt each other again. And, and you know, the problem is we need each other, but we really need all each other. And uh, a lot of times we end up feeling like this poor little guy. Isn't that... Isn't that one of the saddest things you've ever seen? <laughs> now, I wonder who the winner was in that one <laughs> or where uh, he had his nose or, or whatever. But, you know, we come off a lot of times in a relationship feeling just like that, don't we? Like we've been stabbed with these quills of, you know, and, and, and we come, we, we're the victim. We are hurt. We don't like what somebody else did and they just tick us off and they make us mad. And then we start this blame game. Then we say, look what that person did to me. Or look what my husband did to me. Or look what my ex-spouse did to me. And we get into this rotation of blame. And that's the dance of conflict. It's like, who can we blame this on the most? Or who's at fault the most? And we get into this tug of war. Anytime that we're in conflict, we're in a tug of war. Because there's this struggle for power. 
Couples are the worst for this. Okay, last week I talked about the big five, that couples get stuck in this thing, that uh, they argue about the same things over and over again, can't really seem to make much headway. What are those five things? Money. Children. Sex. In-laws. This one always comes last. Time management. Time. Those are the five things that we seem to get stuck in and it's like we can't ever make any headway. Do you ever notice in your relationships you argue about the same thing over and over and you feel like the other person just can't hear what you're saying? Or, see, we think as humans we have two options. We either do that, stay stuck in that, or we book, we leave. We run away. We find another porcupine. <laughs> and then, interestingly, the same thing happens all over again. What's going on? We've got to find a way to unhook from the way that we've always done it. Well, in Peter, he gives us this way to handle conflict. Personally, it sounds completely impossible to me. Okay, let's look at it. It says, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. Can you imagine that in the middle of injustice? And that, that well, it says, that goes for all of you, no exceptions. Who, who is that for? All of us, no exceptions. No retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job. To bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Now listen to this. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what we're to do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth because God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked. But he turns his back on those who do evil things. Now, in the heat of battle, in the heat of being done wrong, does that really sound possible to you? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's pretty tough right there because we certainly don't feel like being that way. But here's what we have to do. We have to change our focus. We're going to look at three things. We're gonna, the first thing is that we have to adjust our mindset about what conflict really is. We tend to think it's negative. We tend to think that we want to avoid it. We want it to go away. Conflict is here to stay. It is not going away. That's going to be a prayer that's futile. Conflict is not just going to be removed because we have to look at it completely different. Last week, we looked at, we were talking about sex and we said the, the best sex organ to look at is your brain. Our attitudes and our thinking determine the way that our life will go. Something flows out of deep within us. What you see, what the behaviors that you see for, of people on the outside have only originated somewhere deep within that person. Scott Hamilton, maybe you've seen him on the Olympics. Um, he uh, was an Olympic skater and he did one of the I Am Seconds. If you want to watch that, it's really good. And in there, he, he, made, he said this. He said, the only disability in life is a bad attitude. See, attitudes originate and flow out of our heart. See, this thing about conflict, it's in our world, it's in our cities, it's in our homes. 
But in reality, it's a matter of the heart. See, Jesus said that his kingdom had come and his kingdom was our heart. And so if we're going to take a look at attitudes and take a look at thinking, we have to trace that back to where it's originating. And if we tend to to think that or be someone that avoids conflict or we think that it's just bad, then we really need to adjust our thinking because God just might use that very thing that you're going through right now in order to build you up, in order to teach you something that's necessary for you to know in order for you to get unstuck. See, our job is to listen, is to look at it differently, is to adjust our mindset and maybe, and to say maybe this conflict is a good thing. Scott Hamilton had a brain tumor. And he says in, in his little piece there, he says, if I had never had that brain tumor, I would not have gone into ice skating because through his circumstances, it's what led him to begin skating. And so, whereas we want those bad things to go away, in reality, that may be the very thing that God wants to use in your life to teach you something about you, to open up a place in your heart that's a clue that you need in order to get unstuck from this conflict that you find yourself in, whether it's a coworker, a friend, whatever. In Romans 8.28, one of the most quoted verses there is that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his, his, um, his purpose. And it goes on in verse 29 to say that God chose for us to become like his son. Think about this. He chose for us to look like Jesus. Now that's impossible, isn't it? But what if, just what if, this conflict that you're going through, that you're having, that God wants to show you something that's going to help you get unstuck. There's some information that you need that's residing deep within your heart that only he can reveal to you. I can't tell you what that is. You just, the pathway is your willingness to allow God to show it to you. He wants to make us into looking like his son. See, Jesus, every difficulty that Jesus endured had a purpose. Every one of them. His life had conflict like crazy. But he reflected God's power. You see, it's the exact same thing for us. Conflict has purpose. And through that conflict, we might be able to reflect his power and his image. In 2 Corinthians, it says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, the fact that we even face problems means that God loves us. Because he sees this gold inside of you mingled with this rocky cord of your nature. He sees all of that. And just like pure gold that has to be heated up and heated up and heated up, the impurities will rise to the surface. That's not a bad thing. Because when those impurities rise to the surface, it's then that we can say, whoa, and hand it over to God and he can scoop that off. And that's when the pure gold begins to shine. 
Here's a grandfather clock. Anybody ever have a grandfather clock? Uh, this, this, it's interesting. Not many people have these anymore. I had an uncle that would build these as I was growing up. You see those three chains there? Each one of those chains have a weight, a very heavy weight. It's like cast iron, and then it's inside of uh, brass. And each one of those weights is a different weight, and each one has a different purpose. The one on the right is, it powers the chime. There's a chime. And the one in the middle powers the pendulum, which allows the hands to turn. And then the one on the left powers the hour strike. You'll hear that clock strike every hour. And every single one of those weights are necessary in order for that whole clock to work at its optimum performance. It's the same way with us. See, there are some weights that we carry. And we pray that we want to pray that away because we don't want to have that weight. But just what if that weight is necessary in your life so that God can develop you into the person that he originally designed you to be? See, God has a specific purpose for those troubles because he wants to make our design complete. The most beautiful gems. Everybody hold your diamond up. Anybody have a diamond on? Yeah. Those beautiful gems suffer at the jeweler's wheel. They get sawed and grinded. It didn't just show up like that. It went through a lot of heat, a lot of pain, a lot of torture in order for it to become beautiful. The creator takes care and foresight and their, for their design, strategically allowing the pressure to complete the creation. See, nothing happens to us without God knowing that those difficulties that we're going through can make us stronger. It's just whether or not we choose to allow that to happen. It's all in the way that we look at those troubles that we have. It's all in the way that we allow God to use those in our life. You know, in the Old Testament, in, there's a book called Nahum. I don't know if you've ever read that, but it's interesting because God allowed the people to be afflicted. And then when the people were developed into who he created them to be, he removed that affliction. And it could be that thing in your life is the very thing that God is using to develop you to, to look more like his son. And when you no longer need to have that affliction when you can begin to shine, when that gold in you can begin to shine and those impurities have come to the surface and you've handed them over to God, then maybe you won't need that conflict in your life anymore. See, if we can just adjust our view of conflict, we'll begin to see that God is forming us into his image. And when his glory finally shines in us, we may not need that same conflict. I can attest to that for Buddy and I. He and I had this kind of dance of, of conflict in our relationship for a long time. We couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. And, you know, like I said, we've been fiercely committed to each other, but we were kind of stuck in this place. And a lot of it came from how we learned to do it as a child. He learned to kind of run and hide. And I kind of learned to just stick in there. And, and, you know, my thing was, let's just work this out. Let's just talk this out. 
and his was to kind of shut down. So there's two responses that as humans we tend to have. Do you know what those are? Yes, every time. Our human natural response is to fight, to kind of stay in there and say, I'm going to win this argument, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that person to hear me and understand me, or it's to just shut down and run away. And both of those responses can be very, very uh, destructive. But see, if we're, we've, as, as Christ followers, we have to do it different. We have to get unstuck. We have to be willing to look at conflict by a different standard than the way that the natural human does it. And we have to be gutsy enough. Here's where it comes. And I find this to be very rare. Even with Christ followers who have Jesus Christ that will walk with them every step of the way. We have to be gutsy enough to do an honest evaluation of what's in our heart. What's happened in our heart? It says in Romans, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And so if we're willing to do that, if the pathway to God get, helping us to get unstuck and for us to play, to do our part, is to, be, is to be honest with ourselves, we have to begin to allow God to help us identify what that is in our heart. And we can't trust our heart. It says clearly in Jeremiah, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. That's kind of the seat of our emotions. It's our feelings and our attitudes and the way that we think. And it's desperately wicked. This is kind of frightening. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Are you gutsy enough to allow him to show you what your secret motives might be? Because everything we do has a payoff for somebody. It says he searches our secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions are. You see, if we simply just do what feels right, if we just do the natural thing, if we just do what seems right, most likely we're going to get off course. Because that's not the way of God. That's the way of humanity. That's the way of the world. See, our heart can't be trusted in the heat of hurt and anger and pain and injustice. And humanly, we, we respond in one of those two ways. So are you willing to evaluate, watch yourself when you're in conflict? How do you respond? Are you a person that seeks revenge? Do you want to get back? Do you want that person to hurt as bad as you've hurt, it, hurt? Do you have this need to be right? Just want to be right. What comes natural really is to find fault, to find blame, to be a victim. And isn't it true that really when we get in that power struggle, all we want is that other person to change? If they would just change and be like me, the world would be perfect. <laughs> You might not say that out loud, but that is what we're thinking. If we can get that person to change, then I won't have to change and I won't have to do anything and all will be well. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, insecurities and arrogance and denial kicks into to high gear and then it creates this power struggle. Or we say, I don't need to deal with this. I'm not going to deal with this anymore. And we run away. And we think that's our only two 
options. See, Jesus wasn't passive like that. He didn't shut down. And he wasn't aggressive. He didn't attack. That's what we do. (laughs) And that's why he came for us. We get to choose. So here's the questions that we need to focus on for ourselves. What kind of person do I choose to be? When others are annoying me and, and, and just taking me off, whether it's out on the road or whatever it is, how am I responding? Do you ever turn around and watch yourself? I can tell you, four years ago, when I heard, when I began to allow God to identify what was going on in my heart, I heard something come out of my mouth that, knew, that I knew was completely counter to who I wanted to be as a person. And when I heard that, it stopped me in my tracks. God used that. And I began to take a look at, if that's coming out of my mouth, that's, that originated from something inside my heart. And so I was gutsy enough to allow God to show me what that was, and I didn't like what I saw at all. But I can tell you this, that's where your freedom lies. Because when you can go through the muck and the mire, and you can allow those impurities, and you can be honest with yourself and say, this is, a, this is far away from where I want to be. It's at that point that we can turn that over to God, and we can confess it, and then he can begin to heal us. You see, that's the way of Christ. Because he seeks restoration. And the way to get beyond, there's no other way to fulfill this verse, no other way than to have a supernatural power at work in our lives. That's not Spider-Man. That is the Holy Spirit. When we call on the Holy Spirit, it's the third way. It's not passive. It's not aggressive. It's the way of Christ. It's the way of the cross. See, there's probably a wound in our heart that came from a long time ago that that other person, whoever that is, is scratching on. And until we identify what that wound is, other people will control us. But if we can get to what that is, or maybe there's something that needs to be resolved that needs closure in your own heart. Believe me, I've worked with probably thousands of people for years, and it's very rare, even in the church, for people to be willing to do this. But this is the way of God's design for conflict, to begin to identify what that person is touching on inside of me and to get that healed. It's the third way. It's not dependent on what anyone else chooses to do. It's not dependent on whether that person that you're married to or that child or that person on the road chooses to do it. It's dependent on how you choose to live your life, the kind of person that you want to be. It's dependent on choosing the kind of person that I want to be allowing God's power to direct me in the midst of my conflict. So I challenge you, the next time you're in conflict, stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) Because you're on fire. (laughs) And you're going to burn up if you don't figure this out. We got to find out what's going on inside of us because it's a matter of the heart. See, it's a third way. It's a win-win. It's dignity for everyone. No one ends up uh, the kingpin 
or slaughtered. It's the way of Christ. It's win-win. It's a matter of the heart. See, learning good skills, and I can teach you good conflict management skills, or working really, really hard like Buddy and I have, being fiercely committed to this relationship, that's all good. That's all important. But it's not enough. We have to have the grace of God. And this is what Peter was talking about. He had a warm heart toward the people. And he said, you cannot do this without the grace of God. You need to do your part, but we need the grace of God. Because I heard myself speaking with a sharp tongue, sarcasm. Have you ever heard yourself say that? Say something? Listen to yourself. It says... Say nothing evil or hurtful. Are you able to do conflict without saying evil or hurtful things? That's flowing out of some place in our heart. Snub evil. Cultivate good. That's not possible. That doesn't come humanly. That is not humanly natural. Do I want to seek revenge? Is that the kind of person that I am? So we have to... Instead of looking at what's bugging me, we have to change our focus to what's this attitude going on inside of me. You know what happens then when God reveals that to us, when he shows us what that is, we have a responsibility to confess it. Say, God, I didn't even know that was there. But now that I know it's there, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Men, I think it's harder for you to admit that for some reason because you carry such influence in our world and the enemy wants to keep you down. He does not want you to cut through your pride. But for us to admit, here's where I was wrong and to hand that over and to say, God, the only way that I'm going to heal that wound or that place that came a long time ago is through your blood. Only your blood applied to that wound is going to heal me. And you know what will happen at that time, at, with that? You won't have to apply anger management skills because it will take care of your anger. You'll heal from the inside out. And new life will spring up in you. And your relationships will look different. And I love this scripture. Because this is so true. It says, Who, whenever someone turns to the Lord... The veil is taken away. That stuff that we were stuck in, it's because we didn't look at it in this way. And when we look to the Lord, he removes that veil. And for the, it says, for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's your freedom. It's what we all long for. All of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We, become, we look more like him. We can't work hard or try to conjure that up. That has to be produced by the spirit in us. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. See, you know that old hymn that says, it's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, Lord? standing in the need of prayer. He wants to show us something. 
He wants us not to be afraid of those impurities because he wants to use those things to purify you and to refine you to look more like Jesus. Every single one of us. That was his, his design for us. As Christ followers, we're called to do conflict different than the natural way. Different than the way that we see in the world. In a spirit of humility, admitting our part, calling on the grace of God, and seeking mutual respect, seeking unity. See, that will bring God's blessing. And we will be a blessing. That's outrageous, isn't it? You don't see that very often. I want to be that kind of person. And when God showed that to me, I got to tell you, it was a game changer. The last four years have been amazingly different. Buddy and I got unstuck. And it changed everything. See, there's always going to be conflict. Always. It's not going to go away. You can try to pray it away, but conflict has been here from the beginning of time. But we get to choose. We get to choose what kind of person we're going to be in this world. And as Christ's followers, we get to manifest his grace. We get to show that he transforms us from the inside out. We get to show that he heals those places in our heart of all that stuff that's been coming out of our mouth. This is conflict God's way. And here's what blows my mind. It not only changes relationships, it changes the world. We're going to stand together and we're going to worship. But this series, it's been powerful for me. Maybe God's spoken to you about something throughout this series. My encouragement to you would be to surrender it. To in these moments that we have together... To just listen to him and to be obedient to hand it over to him. It can change it can change everything for you. If we adjust our thinking, if we identify what's going in on in on our heart, and we allow Christ's way to dominate the way that we do our conflict. It's the third way, not passive, not aggressive, not fight, not flight, but it's his way, his design. Let's stand together and worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these moments. And as we close out, I pray, Lord, that we'll have an ear to your voice, that we'll hear you, that you'll speak to us. God, we know that it takes your grace and your power to change us. can't do it on our own, even though our part is significant, important. God, it's a beautiful partnership, beautiful exchange when we walk together with each other. I pray for each person in this place, whoever's been drawn to this place today, Lord. I lift them up. I lift myself up, Lord, my relationships, our relationships to you. And I pray, Lord, that this would be a place that we commit to do it differently, to do it God's way, so that the glory of the Lord will shine through us. And when we're ready to shine, God, that affliction will be removed. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. If you are a new Christian and would like to know what to do next or where to go from here, 
you will want to get a free next step packet that contains reading materials and useful resources that will point you in the right direction. For more information, please contact Salem Fields Community Church at 540-786-6212 or visit our website at salemfields.com or email us at podcast at salemfields.com.